Hi there, I'm Ben Pierce, and welcome to the Elevated You podcast, the podcast all about helping you in the tech world develop your professional skills. Each episode, we share the top tips, failures, and lived experiences of people thriving in the same world as you. I'm so glad you're here. So let's get going. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Elevated You podcast. Now, this episode, we're going to be talking about one of the most lucrative careers in the tech world. And to help us do this, our guest is an author, a coach, and an absolute star in this particular field. So, all the way from Bavaria, Germany, please welcome to the podcast, Patrick Passang. Hey Ben, thanks for inviting me. Great to be here. It's brilliant to have you. Thank you so much for taking the time to, to join us on the podcast. Yeah, no, let's let's talk about um, yeah our topic today. <laughs> <laughs> well, well let, let, let's start off then. Um, there's always been, I reckon, a bit of a conflict between the sales team and should we call it everybody else? You know, those people that are creating the product, <laughs> that are delivering the product to customers. So maybe the product creation teams, the delivery teams, those in the back of... There's often been a bit of conflict uh, between those two teams. And I know this is an area that you, you've worked on a lot. C- can you talk to us a little bit about this conflict that's going on? Yeah, it seems to be a natural law, right? Um, <laughs> so if you're an architect, a developer, I don't know, professional services... Uh, person, you will realize that you say in, you, 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 I bet you have said this before. What did sales sell, right? This doesn't work. <laughs> it's not what we offer, right? Why? How should this actually work, right? So <laughs> I, I'm sure you've heard this before. And, and, uh-huh. and this is where I think this is the natural law. And there's, there's always a conflict between those two, right? And, and how they work. And the question is, yeah. How can we resolve this, right, in some way? Yeah. And and I've, so, you know, from my experience, I've worked in the support side of the business, you know, which is mm-hmm. fixing the broken stuff. I've worked in the professional side, the professional services part of the business where we're yeah. delivering the stuff. And I've worked in the, in the, in the sales side of the business where we are um, trying to get customers to give the company money, <laughs> you know, to, yeah. to use. So, so I, I've sort of experienced this from all the different uh, you know, well, not all, but many different perspectives, and I find it really, really interesting because this is your your kind of role and experience, isn't it, it Patrick? Is yeah. this kind of sales engineering type world? Um, can you talk to us a little bit about that? Sure. I mean, why do I come up with this topic? Because I worked as um, I, I led the development team. I was um, integration and architect and architect, right? Um, I did product management work and I always said this, always the same thing, like sales, what did you do, right? How should this work? And then at some point in my career, I actually switched to sales engineering and I realized, gosh, um, what I said there wasn't fair, really. (laughs) But let's talk about this, why this maybe is not fair. Um, There's that natural intuition, right? Like to say... That's not what we actually offer, right? No, what I do is I'm I'm training and I'm coaching sales engineers and sales engineering teams in yeah. companies and organizations. Um, 
I published uh, I published books about this. Uh, the Social Sales Engineer is one book that's out there, and it's it's really it, it sounds like it's all about social media, but it's really about um, emotions and intuition and how to build yeah your career um, and and how how to grow as a person. Yeah. So, so I guess today we're going to be talking a little bit about this idea of sales engineering. Um, mm-hmm. It's often got many other names as well, hasn't it? You know, I've heard of it called yeah. technical pre-sales. I've often heard it called sales engineering. Is there any other sort of terms that you typically hear in the industry to describe the type of role that we're talking about today? No, absolutely. Absolutely. Like Google, I think, calls it customer engineer. Then there are solution um, consultants. Right? The solution yeah. architect is more the post Sales world, the solution consultant is more of the pre-sales. Pre-sales is the term pre-sales, sales engineering, um, sales consultant, solution consultant. Yeah, those are the general customer engineer that's evolving yeah. term. So those are the most general terms, I would say. But there are system engineers sometimes also. Everything that involves you going to yeah. a customer, right? And this is actually the first starting point. Often you see like developers or architects or product managers where sales says, I need you in the customer meeting, right? I need yeah. you to explain this to our customers. That's so the first bit where people start to see, oh, that's actually fun, <laughs> going <Yeah>. to customers <laughs> and really hear about their problems and how our product actually doesn't fit the market as it should, right? So customers are clever. They have real problems, right? So what they express or want from you or the value you can give really is a mirror of their issues, right? Of the value they want to grab, of, of a changing market. And yeah. the question is, does your product change as quickly uh, as the market does? So, um, and then this is where it gets interesting for you as a backend person, maybe, to see, okay, interesting, it's difficult, it's tough, sitting on with the customer, listening to their problems, and finding a way to solve this, which mm. requires sometimes some creativity, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so if we were going to sort of define then what this sort of sales engineering role is, how would you define what what it is, what its purpose is? But it's to sell. At at the end, you're a salesperson. You're okay. selling stuff, right? Okay. Uh, and and stuff means you're a valuable solution, yeah, because yeah. you can translate the value of the technical things into benefits. So. Benefit is something the customer expresses as a problem that yeah. you can solve with the solution, right? So, and that's, that's what you translate. You have the aura of the expert. And typically you're uh, teamed up with, a, with an account executive, which is a salesperson, only a salesperson with little technical or domain knowledge. And you bring like the other part, the domain knowledge and the technical knowledge. So together, you actually can convince the clients, the prospect, that your solution helps them solve their problem. And actually, they earn money with you or they can mitigate risks, right? They can leverage trends that come up in, in their industry. So this is what you do. And that's, that's a lot of fun. Mm. And there's one more thing I would put on that because we also run a school for sales engineers. So that means... It's called the school. Um, you can find it on LinkedIn. What we do is we take non-pre-sales people and make them pre-sales people. So we take them on a three-month journey. Um, okay. It's completely for free, right? Um, you, you can apply to that. We don't take everybody, um, but, but people <laughs> who, um, yeah, 
who 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 have a second who want a second career because this is what I think sales engineering also is. It's a career on top of a career. So in the best case, you have actually done product management or have been an architect, a developer. You have seen stuff, right? Because you need this credibility in the customer situations, right? If you can draw from your experience, amazing, right? So then then this role is really um, giving you purpose. Y- y- you are there and convincing people, right? Because you've seen it. You know exactly what's going on. You understand yeah. their problems because you've been there yourself. Yeah. And so, <clears throat> yeah, and, and I alluded this to this in the... Um... In the you know in the introduction you know right at the beginning um, about this being a, a lucrative uh, career in the tech world because you know f- from my experience um, uh, if you've got great technical skills that that is brilliant um, so valuable now if you start to couple that with um, some customer facing skills so the ability you know to, to build your uh, emotional intelligence to listen to empathize to build some customer facing skills you, you take that and you add that to your technical skills that's really powerful and then if you layer on probably this third angle which is a, is a bit of a commercial layer a little bit of a sales layer and you and you and you start to put that together starts to become really quite powerful and starts to become um i guess quite lucrative and there's you know what do you think are the the good things about being or the value of being a sales engineer as a, as an individual why might you want to be a sales a sales engineer <laughs> um where do we start with so um <laughs> what motivations right so what is your personal motivation if you want to grow further if you think like, and that happened to me, I thought, okay, I was at IBM, in, so we got acquired by IBM, I did more before, but at IBM I realized this significantly. Um, I was an architect, and to grow was really hard, right? To have an impact, to use your creativity, to actually increase your salary. Mm. Tough thing, right? So, um and I, I remember that some person at IBM asked me very early um, when I was there, hey, do you want to join pre-sales? Because this person has seen me with customers. They invited me. And I said, no, no way. I, I No, sales, forget it, right? So that's what I said there. And um, I remember one or two years later, I had I wanted to change. Yeah. And I had a conversation with headhunters. And they also said, Hey, become pre-sales, right? So there's Mulesoft, um, that, that was one company. I was a Mulesoft SAP. I, I looked around everywhere, right? But this, this Mulesoft person then said, well, there's this pre-sales role. Yeah. And, and, and I couldn't decide. And at some point she said, and that was really clever. She said, yeah, yeah, forget it. Um, we, we, we wanted even a more experienced person than you. And I said, no, you didn't just say that, right? No, I, I can't. Leave it that way. I will. I will show you that I'm an experienced person, and I'm. I, I put all my energy in there to actually get the pre-sales job, which was the best thing in my life. It, it was tough, because it it, it changes a lot um, how you work. It's not just technology anymore, right? It's also customers and their feelings. It's the account executive and their feelings. It's the pressure of making money, but at the end, for yourself, you can you you grow, yeah. You grow in self-confidence, you, you grow in skills, self-management, emotional management, right? You grow in people management because you need to work with your AEs. 
and and I think that's more than in every backend role, backend for everything else, you grow your salary. It's massive what you can earn, and it's even more if you are successful, right? Uh, with selling and if your solution really becomes a success, right? It's not only, I mean, um, I don't know if, if this is, I don't know for the backend part, but, but I know as a sales engineer, you're very expensive to actually be uh, trained by a company. Right? If you get hired, there's a lot of an investment in you. It takes a while, three months, six months, until you're really on the level that you can go to a customer. Right? And um, th this this cost also sometimes means you, you get options. And you, you get, if you're in a startup world, you get a participation in the success of the company. So what you're building, um, should, should, you should care about this, right? So you get options, you get the participation that you stay longer because you're so expensive to be trained. Okay. Okay. So you, I, I think, I believe you get a bit bigger share on options than you would okay. if you join on the backend. It's, it's my feeling now. I'm not sure if this is 100% true, but um, I re remember my times and, and how you get incentives like this, yeah? um, which yeah. I think weren't that often maybe in the backend world yeah but the salary is higher um i guess in any case like I well, think and, you have and, I, and i wonder if it's worth getting getting some data there because there, there was a report we were talking about this weren't we there um there is a uh, a report that a company called consensus have done who do quite a lot yeah. in the in the pre-sales world and i think it was in june this year um they released their 2023 report and, and i've got it in front of me because i'm a very professional researcher <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, yeah, and um, and uh, so I so this is what I'm taking from this is the consensus 2023 sales engineer report, mm -hmm. um, uh, and uh, they have in here uh, that the median on target earnings in the UK for a sales engineering individual contributor is 133,000, and that for a leader of that team. The on-target earnings is 193,000 in the UK. This is dollars, I believe. Yeah. And uh, then the other state, the other figures that they they quote that in the USA it's 180,000 dollars is the median for an individual contributor, 255,000 uh, for a leader, and then in the EU, 119,000 dollars for an IC and 164,000 dollars. Uh, for a uh, for a leader. Now, w what I would say that's I think from a survey of a thousand people. Um, mm -hmm. What I would say from my experience is that that varies massively, right? Because you've got people coming it in does. perhaps to this profession as a graduate. You have got people that have been there for twenty years. You've got people landing multi billion dollar deals, and you've got people that are perhaps working with software that is less expensive. So there is a massive range, and I don't want people to go away thinking. But the point is that that median number is is quite high, you know, and so n not not that money is everything by any means, but it's nice. It's it's something to think about, particularly as we're going through interest rate hikes, as we're going through energy crisis, if we're going through high inflation, something to think about, isn't it? Really. <laughs> so let's be honest about this, right? So you get this money because it's a really tough thing to do. You need a lot of skills and you need a lot of personal power and growth. So that's why 
I say I think it's a career on top of a career because it's complete. It's it's absolutely difficult if you do try to do two things at the same time. That is learning the industry, learning the technology, and learning to become a better presenter, a negotiator, right? Somebody who who demonstrates software, who talks a lot, who is visible on screens, on stage, right? Because all this is involved in this role. You are like, you're the face of your company, right? You should be the expert. You have to have the aura of, hey, we want this tool because we, we like this person, right? Um, and this person is really uh, experienced and credible, right? Yeah. So you get this money for a reason. That, that's the point. Right? And yes, we we see like with the school, we, we see the ranges, right? And for even for junior roles, it starts between sixty to eighty um, k. Like, okay. And and that and that's that's a senior role if you're not that experienced. Yeah. Um. So from that point, it's if you're looking for higher salary, it's yeah. it's not an option to just go there. That's what I wouldn't say, but. If you if you think I want I want to um, enrich my career yeah. with more possibilities, right? With a bit more like maybe load on yourself, something that you can push through, some new barriers you want to crush, right? A yeah. new level <laughs> in the RPG term, right? If you want to reach a new yeah. level <laughs> and get more experience points, yeah, do yeah. sales engineering because you will get a lot of quests. It, it, it's endless and they will be tougher and tougher like yeah. you said it's a difference between selling to a smaller company right rather than selling like your product to Apple or IBM or Amazon or some other huge giant out there right yeah so um, there, let, there's let, always let, yeah and let's take a little detour at this at this point and we'll, and we'll get back on but you yeah. mentioned our you mentioned RPG role-playing games there at the weekend um I went to. Uh, I spent the weekend with my brother-in-law and kids playing Hero Quest. I don't know if you remember the uh, RPG game. I don't know if it was big the, in is Germany. Is it the bot game? Yeah, the bot game? yeah. and it's just been re-released. Um, and uh, yeah, no. So I spent the weekend doing that. And and as an extra aside, you're actually an author, aren't you, of um, fantasy novels? Yes, in German, I, I write lit RPG novels um, in, in German. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm authoring a lot of stuff and. That's also a point for sales engineers. You need to be able to tell anecdotes and, and stories and, and the best case write about this. Yeah. yeah. But we, we can t speak about this when we go to tips for sales engineers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just wanted to take that little detail because you just suddenly flagged. I've spent a weekend playing Hero Quest as you're talking yeah. about RPGs. Um, right. I remember so, this, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Descent the, the 2 is, is, is also great. So if you. Descent 2, do you, do you know that? I don't know that one. That that's really good. It's one of the biggest like board games. Right. V very straightforward. Very easy to learn and a lot of fun. Descent <laughs> um, too. It's it's yeah. It's, right. it's, it's it's similar. It's very similar. I'll check that one out. But good good segue, random segue into, you know, we banged on about the value, right? And um, why it's good to be a say, you know, why, why it could be good for, for you to be a sales engineer. Now, um, we when we were talking about this because obviously we, we've we've had some conversations before we've got on this you mentioned a term to me that i'd not come across before which was this term anti-fragile which sounded yeah. interesting could you explain to me what you were talk what you were talking to talking talking to me about with that yeah it's an interesting concept uh, from nicholas taleb 
he he's the guy who wrote about the black swan. Okay. Um, I think that was one of his books. But his main tomb, if you want, um, is uh, is anti anti fragile. And the idea is the following, right? So um, if you have, let's suppose you go to to the to to the to your local post, right? And you you're sending a package to your friend, right? And in this package might be some glasses, right? So you send them some whiskey glasses with a bottle of whiskey. So what would you put on this package? You would put a, a sticker like fragile, right? Yeah. Because every hit will destroy it. So that's completely obvious that's clear right so fragile means you send it over there every hit will destroy it okay so that also applies to persons right if if you're in a job and you're very um towards or if you need uh, success and praise to feel good you're fragile right because once you don't get it anymore you're harmed right then there's next term and that's called resiliency or robustness yeah if your package you can like fumble around until you find a way so everything is stable. You send it over, you don't do fragile on top of it anymore because you're quite sure it will survive. Okay? So that's 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 the middle tier. And then there's anti-fragile. Okay. And the, the term is very interesting because you want you want to you put a sticker on your package that says please hurt me. Like hit me. Throw me around because I grow I grow stronger to that. Okay. Okay. And that's a concept that nature actually implies, right? Every backstep, every hit, our bodies, for example, stressors and stuff like that, they grew stronger by by failures or stress. And that, that, that's what, what's called anti-fragile. And, and I think it's the same applies to sales engineers. Because you get exposed to very a lot of little or bigger stressors, right? That or like or failures that, that you do yourself. That, that you that you grow and you need this concept of anti-fragile to live through the sales engineering role, right? Okay. So it's it's also a mindset thing. Like failures are good. It's it's like in the writing business. So I get bad reviews all the time, right? So um, that's that's normal if you put something out there, right? So people start to critiquing it, right? It's yeah. actually a sign of originality, but it's and and you grow from that. But it's 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 important that you make yourself aware of this again. Yeah. I would be fragile if I just like oh I'm I'm sad all the time because of a bad review, yeah. or I say okay no it's actually a good sign it's a sign of originality right because the quality is good it's it's just original and people are not used to it so they give bad reviews and that's how I grow right and I take the yeah. feedback to actually say okay yeah some things are really good I will adjust right others are like okay I'm on the right track I get bad reviews that's good like people took time to. To really say this, this stuff is crap. I mean, who does it, right? You only do it if you need to earn this in some way, right? yeah. and that's anti-fragile thinking. Yeah. And and this applies to the role of a sales engineer in my mind uh, very much because you 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 get attacked from every side, like you get yeah. attacked from account executives. I had this in the past. People who didn't like me and the way how I worked, right? Because I wasn't. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, you get attacked, you, you get uh, people lying on behalf yeah. of you. Everything, of, all of this ha happened, right? I had 10 to 13 sales engineers I worked with at the same time. And that that's, I, I couldn't stand with this anymore, right? So then I started, for example, meditation and stuff like that. 
to really start coping with that. You find ways to to optimize your time, right? So you use all this pressure to get stronger. Yeah. And that's, I think, one of the core things a sales engineer is. A sales engineer is anti-fragile. Okay. Not just robust or resilient, yeah. but even drawing through stressors. Yeah. Well, so... For people then that think, actually, this role is quite interesting to me. Um, what what would be your tips for for people on the the skills that they need to develop? Um, perhaps if they're looking as a career change, what would be the skills that they need to develop to to make them an effective sales engineer? I think one of the main things is self confidence, especially if you come from a backend land yeah um to talking with the customer it, yes you should be respectful towards the customer but you shouldn't fear to also challenge them in the way right saying okay i understand the problem you have but have you thought about that this problem actually occurs because of that and that so you can position your solution in a in a favorable way so that's called a reframe right Okay. So that, that's something you, you should learn sales skills and you should learn to uh, get to create this aura of expertise. Right? Yeah. And we see that I, I do with my trainings, I also do uh, weekly uh, one-to-ones. It's, it's not a coaching. I, people need different things, right? Some need coaching. Some just need feedback on certain things or, just, or, or some advice. Um, some just only want to speak through something, right? <laughs> so, um, so there's a different starting point for everybody. Okay, what you need to become a sales engineer differs because it differs from where you come. As I said, it's a, it should be a second career. Yeah. If you're technically very good, it might be you need to learn about your domain more so you understand industry trends and ways um, or problems your customers have, right? It might need that you um, get a higher level view on your on your solution and, and acknowledge that the market is right and not your solution, right? Okay. That's the point of, oh, what did sales sell? But sales sold what the market demands. I'm sorry that the product is not there yet, right? So um, I, I think this is a mindset shift that's going on there. Yeah. Right? Because you're now becoming part of the sales team, which is sometimes called the dark side. <laughs> I don't know yeah. why. Uh, of course, of course, I do. I do know, but um, <laughs> it's um, it's it's some of these. Things. But but and, you know what? It's it's fascinating. Just as you say that about um, being market led versus product led, I I, mm-hmm. I guess is is because there's always a bit of a balance there, isn't there? Because because I completely agree with you. You know, like if the product doesn't do what people want, and what has been sold is what people want, and now the product doesn't do that, um, you know that that's a disconnect. But on the flip side, you know, and to use, you know, the, the Henry Ford type quote, um, if I sold them what they wanted, we'd still be riding horses. You know, that you, you've now got this. H- how do you balance the market of what people want with we are in an industry leading progressive, fast paced change tech world? H- how do you balance with what they want and what you know they will want? In the future, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's some. That's also a skill. It's more advanced, but that's a skill we also train, and that's called category design. 
Okay. okay. So what the company needs to, what the company first needs to understand that they're not just building a product. In the best case, they're building a, or they are, they're creating a category with a problem they solve that the market either wasn't aware of or thought wasn't solvable. Then they build a product that actually solves this, this problem. And then the sales engineer goes out and becomes an evangelist of this problem. Okay. And this problem is unknown to the customer or the customer thinks it isn't solvable. And here is huge value because now you're going there and, and I had this, with Mirosoft we did this. We did the category design thing. So we, we invented API-led connectivity. Okay. And we went out to customers and explained them that how they do integration is actually, well, there's a modern way to do it. Right? Forget enterprise application integration patterns. Here's API-led connectivity. That was also the time of microservices. And, uh, and when you build this category, you are invited to actually challenge the customer, reframe the customer. Okay. Right? And that's terribly hard because you get rejected all the time and you need to improve your story all the time. And you know, okay. need to know exactly why you do this and what the problem is you solve. Yeah. But on the flip side, you get bigger deals. Sales get easier when you have customers who are open to your um, consulting in that, in that way, right? They love new approaches. They love insight, right? Why is this tough for sales engineers? Because they love to stick with software with, or, or, or features or technology, things they know, right? Instead of, okay, here's a problem that your industry faces, right? And yeah, by the way, we have a solution or a tool that helps you go with a certain methodology, for example. So methodologies are a big thing also. It's not just the software. If you have a category, you often have a methodology how to solve this problem in an organizational way, right? So that your customer can implement this with people first because the yeah. change is driven by people, not by technology. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a deep thing, but, but, but highly relevant for everybody who works more in the startup way. And if you want to um, establish a category for your organization, right? Yeah. And it's, it's a bad signal, actually, if, a, if you join a startup that has only a product, Okay. okay. There should be some kind of methodology, some new way of working they want to bring to the customer. Some insight, right? And then the best case they develop this and the tool supports this way of working. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so so the types so fascinating. I, I love all of this concept. So so I think the sort of tips that I think I've heard you talk about so far is this this idea of listening to the customer, understanding your technology, being able to reframe conversations. We've mm -hmm. talked a little bit about creating categories. So when you're trying to tell people about a problem that they didn't think that could uh, could be solved or di or they didn't know that existed. Um, we've heard a little bit, I think, about building this sort of aura as a bit of an expert. Um, I think you've said about building your industry knowledge as well uh, yeah. as things. Any other types of area of personal development that would be good for people who are thinking about this type of uh, sales engineering role? Yeah. So when we discussed this with, with students, there's a slide, I think, that where I have 50 points on right. there, what a sales engineer does, right? Okay. Um, but... but, but uh, in today's world, what I think is highly important, and that's what I call who is your Kai, right? Um, short story on that. When I was on Microsoft, uh, at Microsoft, this was 2014. I was the only guy in DACH. And 
um, we, 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 we had competitors that, that were huge, right? And I was selling a small um, product from a U.S. company, right? which is difficult in Germany <laughs> because right. trust is not that high. Um, so okay. it was, was really a thing. But something on top happened. So um, I think it was around this time when I created my LinkedIn profile, maybe a bit earlier already, but I never looked at this too much. I had little followers. I'd never put out content. Then one day... Um, I was in a, in a customer meeting. I know, I think it was an RFP presentation. And I, I found out who was the competitor and the name of this person. And I looked him up on LinkedIn. And I found a person with over 5,000 followers. International speaker, right? Regular posts and on blog, right? So, and a real figure in the domain, right? And I thought, gosh. What 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 does my prospect think? Like I'm telling them <laughs> the big things, right? And then there is this other person, and if they just compared us on LinkedIn, I was really on the back end, right? So the credibility, my credibility was low because the contrast was so huge. Yeah. So what a and and that's that's going into the the social sales engineer realm. Also the book I wrote, um, why I wrote the book, build a brand. And, and that, that doesn't mean you need 1,000 or 10,000 or 100,000 followers. That's not the point. But if somebody looks for you online, you should have what I call three diamonds. So you should have three high-quality assets, right, that you put on your LinkedIn profile. So first of all, of course, it should look nice. Everything should be filled out. But then please create at least three assets. If this is a medium post or... If this is a YouTube video or if you are part on a podcast, it doesn't matter. But give me something provocative, something insightful. If customers look for you or look you up on LinkedIn, compare you with competitors, that you at least stand up. Or I bet if you do at least three things, you are standing out already. Okay. Because a lot okay. of people miss on that opportunity. They just don't do it. I, for for all the reasons that there are, right? Like, oh, what will my colleagues think if I start posting, right? So that's the first thing, obviously. Yeah. Does he want to change his job, right? Is he applying some somewhere else because suddenly this this person is posting, right? So um, yeah, that's the point. But do it. It it will be a huge um, differentiator for you. Yeah. 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 Brilliant. Yeah, and, and I can sort of think of my own sort of social media journey professionally. Um, and I, I, I've changed, you know, to begin with, it was a bit of a recruiting tool. Um, mm -hmm. And I was exactly. I was a hiring manager at the time, so it was for me to find people <laughs> to, re to recruit primarily. Um, and then as I've changed job, right, and I've started uh, running a podcast and running my own business, it's a great opportunity to, like you say, stand out a little bit, to share people the things that, that, that you're doing, to get people to hear about problems that they maybe didn't even know that existed um, or that could be solved and that they can be solved. So so building that, that, that uh, personal brand, industry brand, Really important, I think. Really important. And it's anti-fragile. Okay, okay. Let me explain. So if you're employed, right, things are very fragile because you have no power. First of all, people tell you what you should do, right? And second, um, you could be fired anyway, and then 
depending on how old you are and how the economy is looking, right? You have problems, right? So let's say employment is fragile. There are hidden risks that you don't see, right? You aren't aware until the bad things happen. So and uh, social media in that sense is anti-fragile. Um, so and Taleb explains it that way. He says um, there are positive black swans. And I would say building a brand is a positive black swan. Um, because a black swan is something you, you, you can't foresee, right? So it might be negative, might be positive. A negative black swan is, is, is very active because it has unlimited downside. Okay? You have okay. a limited upside and unlimited downside. But if you flip it and say there's a positive black swan, you have a limited downside and unlimited upside. So an unlimited opportunity. And that's what happens on social media, right? So you can contrast actually your employment with something that has unlimited upside, which is social media. You post, you get recognized, right? You can network, you meet people. The people thing is the most important on that, right? So mm. social media is not just posting. Please chat, get a Zoom meeting in, right? So make sure you, you, you stay with the people you know and um, you return handshakes, right? Um, so if somebody mentions you, mention them back, right? If somebody uh, writes you, write back, invite them to have a discussion about your domain, for example, right? Don't be shy on that, right? Ex because the network is like the positive black swan. It makes you anti-fragile. If you get fired, you can go back to your network, right? Mm -hmm. And it will grow, right? Um, so that's why it's, it's anti-fragile. I think it's a good add-on. Also, to the case that you are perceived more, more credible, more relevant, right? You're you're more visible. Your credibility, your your perceived competence goes up. Yeah. Really interesting, Patrick. Thank you so much for sharing with that. Now, as I look at the clock, I can see we are fastly running out of time. Um, yeah. <laughs> if we were just going to, I guess, summarize our reflections a little bit, what would be the key takeaways? from your perspective? Yeah, I mean, if you're on backend, right, so that's where we started. Um, I think it's it's great if you start shifting your, your mind towards sales not being the evil people, but reflecting the market, right? Mm. So they don't want anybody harm, yeah? They want to, the company to survive, they want your job to stay, like, as stable as possible so that you can continue to code or to develop a product or whatever you do um, as a backend person, right? So I, it took me a while to understand this myself, um, but I needed to be exposed in the sales world to really get to this gist uh, at the end. And if you want to um, say, I want to grow, I want to, uh, I want my, my career to continue above the borders of a very stable like product development team, go to sales, become a sales engineer, especially if you're very experienced in the backend world, it's that it will be very much valued on the on the sales world, and you can grow your skills and you can grow above yourself and um, grow your salary at the end. It's very lucrative, as you said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, brilliant for me. Um, a few things really stood out. I think I really like what you were saying about the anti-fragile thing, you know, about actually looking for some failures, looking for some knocks, looking for some things to challenge you because it makes you an anti-fragile. I'd not, I'd not really come across that term and, and uh, really like that. So I thought that was really interesting. I think 
it's uh, also interesting just to think that, you know, if you take that tech background and apply some of these things you've been talking about, like the ability to present, the ability to listen, the ability to understand the industry, and, and you put those together, that is really valuable. Um, and that people can learn it, right? People can develop these skills. It's not something you're born with. It, it's something that you learn, um, which I think you know is really good. And I really like the bit that you were saying there about just building that kind of brand, that industry brand, that social media presence, and putting it in the perspective of, you know, I'm competing against a guy that is doing this and I I feel insignificant I feel less credible uh because they are putting that effort in and I am not and actually the customer will see that and that will affect my performance so I thought that was that was that was really interesting so thank you so much for sharing all of that with us now finally um if people want to get in touch with you um where's the best place for for people to find out more about you get in touch with you anything like that yeah, LinkedIn is a good place to start or um, find my book on Amazon or my newsletter on saleshero.training. Um, those are the core pieces to go, yeah. Okay, so LinkedIn, and I'll put that in the show notes, your your, your LinkedIn profile, Patrick Pisang. Um, your book, um, remind us of the title, The Social the Sales social Engineer. The Social sales, sales Engineer, yes. Okay, the available on Amazon uh, for people to buy. And what was the final thing you said? Uh, my homepage, my newsletter at saleshero.training. Right, okay. And we'll put all of those in, in the show notes. Um, so thank you so much, Patrick. It has been really insightful, really interesting. So thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. Thank you, Ben. It was a pleasure. Uh, thanks for being a great host. <laughs> it was, was very nice. So there we have it. Thanks for listening. Please do subscribe to the podcast and rate the show. It really helps spread the word. And check out our technical storytelling program to help build your influencing and leadership skills. 